Welcome to Parker X. This is Lester Mascon. Today we're sitting with Stephen Grant and we're with Aberdeen Management. And we're going to be talking a little bit about different people that he's worked with that have been influencers in his career, uh, how he got into the industry, what he sees as the things that make organizations win today, and different trends we're seeing in the marketplace. Hope you enjoy. Okay, this is Lester Mascon with Parker X, and today we're sitting with Stephen Grant with Aberdeen Management Group. How are you, Stephen? I'm good, Lester. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, we're here at the Pie Show. Um, yep. We found a little time to sit down and record a chat between the two of us. Thought it would be good for uh, people to listen to. And uh, why don't you kind of get us started with who you are and you know what your, how you got sure. into the industry? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, gosh, I have to roll back the years here a little bit. Um, so my name is Stephen Grant. Um, I'm 45 years old. Uh, I own a company called, a, a parking consulting company called Aberdeen Management Group. Um, I've been in the parking industry now for, gosh, about 12, 13 years now. Uh, before that, um... I worked uh, after coming out of uh, university with a, a master's in computing science. Uh, I got into working with, with Oracle. So I uh, did a lot of database, uh, SQL work. Um, was that in Scotland or was that here? So that was originally in Scotland and then I went down to London, there for a couple of years. And then there was an opportunity to come to America for a six-month project uh, in Chicago, of all places, right here. And... Um, that ended up being a year working on a project with BP and Amico when they both merged together to form one company or working on some database stuff. And uh, here we are 19 years later and uh, still here. And I kind of morphed from going from doing uh, the database work for several years um, into consulting role. What was the first thing in parking? So the first role in parking was when I, when I got into consulting i ended up working with booz allen hamilton okay and kind of they came out of left field really and, and won a project to oversee the deployment of a park system at reagan national airport in washington dc i think that was the first time i met you i think it was yeah, yeah. i met uh, there was michael flanagan i remember he was there yeah. and i knew him from our bike racing days so that was a bit of a shock but uh yeah so that was my my very first intro into into parking and um, it was a team that was made up of uh, a couple of firms, including Michelle Krakowski of Lumen Advisors, who's uh, you know a, a forefront, a nationally sort of recognised uh, parking consultant herself. And uh, it was through the sort of working relationship with Michelle. That was she with Lumen at the time? Yes. So she's been she's had her own firm for a number of years now. Okay. So she was she was yeah and. Uh, you know, we just sort of hit it off as a, in a working relationship, and we kind of uh, work really well together. And you know, she has she's been a big influence on my parking career. Uh, really helped guide me, um, and um, I think the two of us just sort of work really well together. And so she was the principal PM for the job, and uh, I was assisting her. And um, she's first class. She's good. She's great. She's great. So. Um, uh, and since then, it's just really taken off where uh, I guess the two of us have cut a team together and, um, you know, we've, we've won a lot of, of, of work uh, together. We've 
had a lot of successful projects. And uh, I guess the, the big project for me was um, when uh, I was approached to work uh, uh, on a project with Westfield uh, out in uh, Los Angeles in Century City. And as you know, Lester, it was uh, a big project that Skadata had won. And um, it, was a, it was a very uh, complicated project. It was, you know, um, high pressure. Uh, there was a lot at stake for everyone. And uh, that was a, a real, uh, it was an incredible experience uh, career-wise. And it really helped, um, I think it really helped everyone that was involved. Uh, Westfield, Westfield, Sentry, um, myself, um, with continued work with Westfield. So um, I owe a lot to that, that particular project because that really exposed me to a lot of things that um, I hadn't really been exposed to before. So I guess, um, you know, fast forward to, to this year, um, I'm now working on several other Westfield-related projects. I do a lot of uh, airport, uh, large U.S. airport uh, jobs uh, related to revenue control systems, parking guidance systems, loyalty programs, valet systems, you know, the, the usual gambit of all the different modules and components and solutions for, for parking. Yeah, you've certainly gone the, the whole circuit between the public sector and then done a lot with the private sector, which you don't see a lot of the consultants doing. A lot of them stick primarily on the public side. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'd like to think that my experience, uh, my computer uh, and computing um, experience with Oracle really gave me a good baseline for understanding um, systems and the back office and, and, and what, you know, the sort of that whole network and data side of it. Um, and then the consulting side was obviously uh, client management, project management, dealing with all, the, all that day-to-day and the strategic side of it as well. Mm-hmm. I think that really helped a lot. So, um, and also I think um, one of the things that I thought on the consulting side, you know, we, we, Booz Allen were held to a very high standard for the quality of the deliverables. So I've, I feel like I've brought that to this as well in terms of the, the, the quality of our technical specifications and our deliverables and how we manage the, um, the projects and make sure that the client's needs are, are truly being met. And I take great, um, uh, I put a lot of effort into really making sure that the client's informed. Well, I think you take a lot of ownership too. Over how the maybe too much going. sometimes. Yeah, well, it's better <laughs> than I think other. it's important, I and, do it's, too. and it's something that is undervalued sometimes, and you see it being undervalued as you know in terms of just addressing the needs, and even just even just recognizing that there's you know and, and responding and say hey you know what we don't have the answer right now, but we're going to get back to you. So you know that sort of even there's nothing worse than that. no response to a question. That's right. So um, silence is uh, make up your own story. Yeah, that happens. So that's that's. Uh, that's it. That's comic book episode one for uh, <laughs> Stephen Grant. So what sort of trends are you seeing in the market today? So not necessarily thinking about like way out in the future, but just like some immediate trends that are happening. What's the five years ago today? What what are the big differences? Like what, what sure. was true five years ago that's not true today sure. when it comes to... Well, I mean, it's, it's on di- several different fronts you could look at. It. I mean, one obvious one for me would be on the payment side of things. Okay. You know, we've obviously... Uh, you, know, you look at airports, you know, and they are um, steadily transitioning away from cashier, cashed booths, manned, attended booths to unattended, um, you know, exit lanes and where, 
you know, the, mo the the forms of payment are now moving away slowly but surely. But I mean, it's still a long way to go. But you know, we've moved away from cash in a lot of places. We're no longer putting in pay on foot cash, pay on foot in a lot of places. Um, you know, we've now gone. Obviously, still using credit cards is probably the the main uh, form of payment. But you know, there's a lot of push now um, towards um, you know smartphone uh, payments, which you know, I think that's influenced by other industries as well. So, I mean, you know, what, what I see in, like, the retail sector, you know, and, and how the banks are pushing has a big influence on, on, on the parking industry in general. Actually. You know, I, I think I've found using a, a smartphone for payment, like what I'm actually paying at a register mm -hmm. or anything, to be kind of cumbersome. It's not really that convenient. You know, I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's not taken off in the way that people perhaps thought two, three, four years ago. But the last two credit cards that have been issued have both been contactless cards. Correct. And it's like, oh my god, what what a, where has that been all my life? Right. It's just such an easy transaction. So pull that's, it out, tap. Yeah, that's. I think it's a really interesting point because I've I've actually spoken to uh, one of the leading merchant brands who are really pushing contactless credit cards, and they say that that's just such a much easier process for the consumer to tap rather than and it's using the same chip that's in the card too so you still right. get that same chip security kind yep. of features that you get on the emv side yep. yeah so um i think you know the way that heck when i you know when, when you do testing in the lane uh and you're using like i've got a uh, an iphone 10 you know you've now got the the sort of the visual authentication you got a double click on the side yeah. and when you're doing that and you're in a car i mean that's just you know you got four cars behind you and you're wanting to get out and all that that's trying to hold the phone up to your face so you can see yeah, it. I mean, yeah it's kind of almost counterproductive to the to the parking experience so, so i have found that the the apple watch is kind of convenient mm -hmm. so that takes some steps out of it yep you just kind of just double click it and hold it up and that yep. works better than using the phone yep yeah i mean it's just one of these things where the realities of like what happens in the lane physically based yeah. on car the vehicle you're in <laughs> you know the reach that you've got, where you actually position, the I all think, those sorts I think of things. Tap is going to be a big win. I think so. I think it's going to take off a lot more than uh, the mobile phone has taken off. But I, it requires things like the the visas, the Mastercards, to really push that. And if we see it happening in other um, markets, like like a retail. Then, then people are going to become more used to using it in a parking environment. So I still use PayPal for most of my online transactions. Every time it allows you to because it automatically, you don't have to fill out any user information and it drops your address in and all that for you when you make that payment. Mm -hmm. So that's still, and I, I know Apple Pay is now available on that. but um, Right. Well, um, another thing I would say is, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I'm aware of a lot of companies who are now getting uh, into the in-car payment Okay. Uh, space, which uh, you know has now got a lot of backing from the big big uh, motor companies, the Fords, the Mercedes Benz, the Daimlers, they're all they're all at it, and they're all investing serious amounts of money to try and invest. I think everyone in that. wants to clip the transaction too, so if they yeah. have the service in the vehicle that's doing the payment, then they get a little that's right. get a little clip. Yeah, so you're seeing these the, the big brands kind of merging into into their own in their teams. You know who's sure whose you know, visa being associated with one particular car brand or something like that. So I think, um, you know, we're obviously we're going from what was in the 70s and 80s from the cash based through the credit cards. We're going now through the sort of the mobile phone, the chip card. And uh, 
I I do see um I see you know signs that um you know you've got these car manufacturers who are making serious investments so they must believe in that and they're getting the backing of banks and things like that to do this and uh eventually we'll maybe move to this you know when this nirvana for parking where there's no <laughs> there's no gates right and and people are coming in and out uh, yeah, i think once the car can negotiate the transaction i think that's the ultimate right? sure, sure. everybody's focused on mobile sure. but if you really push into the you know 20 years out and you start thinking about if driverless cars are really a thing mm-hmm and now you're going to need that car to be able to negotiate a transaction with the you know equipment that's there or the facility yep. uh, without a person pulling out their phone and causing that transaction. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and um, you know, that's obviously in the lanes, and then once you're actually in your parking space, I think that uh, you know, we know the parking guidance system manufacturers are, are pushing their technology mm-hmm. and what features and functionality they can offer that... You know, I think if they can tie that to a payment uh, situation, then I think that moves it away from being a a non-revenue um, customer uh, enhancement to which I know that's underselling it because there's a lot of good technology, but it moves it away from that to being actually, you know, um, uh, you know, replacing potentially, you know, a control system. So that it's side it- of it's pretty pretty interesting potentially. I think that's still early days, but. Um, you know, they're, they're working on that too. I think it's interesting when you think about the parks manufacturers, think about the guidance manufacturers, all the kind of new entrants that are circling around, and then you have the parking operator sitting on top of it. I mean, it, at some point, some of this starts to kind of slip away, right? With all the way things are moving, you almost think that there's a, like continuing to find a way to provide value mm-hmm. will be challenging when as technology creeps in. From who? Well, from all angles, right? From the, from being a parks manufacturer. Sure. Um, you know, moving away from hardware, closer to software, being a parking operator. Yep. I mean, it's you're going to have to get into different things and yeah, and figure out ways to provide value. Well, that's, I was thinking about that in terms of just like you said, all the the third party uh, integration and interfaces that can that can be there for mm-hmm. the pre booking systems loyalty systems loyalty modules um you know the valet integrating it so there's there's all these you know you, a lot of these uh, especially um you know the large u.s airports uh certainly all start off with a, a desire to design a system that incorporates um a lot of these features into sure. into their mobile app or into their overall airport solution and when you start to work with airports where there's more than one airport under their airports authority you know they're looking at a system where it's you know there's one account across across um both airports or it makes sense um so that that's it's interesting how that it's um how how all these different uh solutions can integrate with each other and some are still some i would say parks vendors are still getting there some are, are already f- are further down the road than others in terms sure. of um those having those integrations and those apis already uh built so. i think you have to be really really flexible these days mm-hmm. like there's not a you know pick one or two and just stop and there's certainly not the answer of it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars and take a year to get an integration done i mean those I mean, those are non-starters to me now i well, think you I- have to be you know really rich api stacks you know, well-documented SDKs, and you have to be able just to move quickly. 
I think uh, I agree. I think that um, you know some of my clients they look and go, well, you know what? When we're looking for a team, the solution, you know, sometimes the parks vendors come with their you know preset teams of all their vendors that they work with, and it may be for whatever reason, you know, um, the client may say, hey, you know, I want this parks vendor, but I'm not too keen on this partner or that partner just for yeah. whatever reason, and so. Being able to sort of say, hey, you know what, we can play with anyone, I think strengthens the hands of, of the big, uh, the person who's like mainly responding sure. to, the, to, to an RFP. So, so I think that, that being able, I think previously it was like, mm, you know, I'm glad we got this one, but maybe this person over here, you know, is not, we've, we think there's a better solution out there. So being able to say, hey, you know what, we'll if, you know, work with us, we'll, we'll fit with whichever whichever solution that you're, you're looking for for this particular uh, feature so think about the future so let's move like 10 years out even like 15 years out like what's your what's your take and feeling on you know all the things that we're seeing that have a potential to kind of disrupt the industry a little bit not necessarily make it go away or you know completely just destroy it but like how's it going to change as a result of I think everybody sees it, right? It's a, it's the mobility as a service things that are happening mm-hmm. with Uber, Lyft. Sure. Uh, those scooters are all over the place. Uh, we talked about that on the last show, but like if you've been to Santa Monica or, you know, Hollywood or any of those places, I mean, they're everywhere. Sure. And then all the buzz is driverless cars. And that's always been like the, this lurking thing out there in our industry. It's like, is that, sure. what, what's your take on that sort of thing? And how does that, how does that affect where we're going? How do you Question. provide value in that situation as well, right? As I know. Well, it's it's tough because I think that on a couple of uh, fronts, there you've got uh, parks vendors who who feel that they can provide the entire solution, uh, and so um, where can I add value to that? I mean, I obviously believe I can. I'm sure, uh, but um, you know, there's. It's it feels like it's it's getting the the space for a parks consultant to work in is actually I think uh, slowly but surely uh, reducing because there's just um, play you know parks vendors that are out there that that can offer that kind of solution as well in terms of the implementation and oversight um, so I, that's that's something that I see that's going to change a little bit in the industry uh, over the next. 10 years, 15 years. It was interesting. We were talking to Peter Sprinkhausen last night and he thought that, you know, because of all the different aggregators and because of all the different technologies that it actually made the industry more complicated and it took a lot more thought and a lot more planning right. and a lot more vision about what you wanted your, how you wanted your facility to perform. Um, and it made the consultant's job actually more difficult and yep. You know, give you a better way to provide value. Sure, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think the way I've seen it, I know this may. Well, think uh, about the number of questions you are being asked and have to answer sure. and plan for these absolutely. days. So absolutely. ten years ago, it was easy, right? Absolutely. We're going to take credit cards. We're going to get it, it cash. Was, well, then, what I was going to say, Lester, yeah. is I've always felt like, um, and this may be wrong, but the way I kind of felt when I came into the industry was park parking to me looked like it was a hardware installation mm-hmm. you know it was a physical hardware and it obviously still is but what i see it as it, it's a much more interesting um issue than that it's actually a, a software 
and a payment and a customer service type of solution that that's okay. what parks yeah. providers provide at the end of the day and there's so like you said there's so many uh, uh, you know issues like like competitive off, off airport competition for example that you have to look at uh, how to maximize revenue looking at all the different strategies and parking products that that you can offer to to try and uh, if you do have you know uh, a lot of off off airport competition for example in the, in the in the airport industry and like you said i mean like the uber and lyfts the tncs that have come in have really made a, a huge impact and um you know there's a, there was an interesting article that came out in the la times recently uh, about lax and how they are uh trying to tackle that themselves the airport of, is empty by the way on the parking side and they just increased the price to like Thirty or thirty-five dollars a day, or something. Well, I mean, so they're now they're now charging Uber and Lyft to come on site. Okay, uh, they do that through their geofencing and uh, through the sort of, and then they'll get that charge back to them, um, you know, at the end of the month. So revenue-wise, they're taking an approach to to sort of levy a charge okay. at the Ubers and Lyfts. Uh, I see that's work. But only a municipality can get away with that because if you're, sure. you know, if you're the off airport down the street. You're not going to be able to replace that income if you have all of a sudden less parkers as a result. Mm. So it takes a municipality to make that requirement. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, they can do that. Yeah, they can do that, right? So that's uh, no. You made the you know, just mentioning that the Uber and Lyfts. I think that's been a huge, a huge game changer. Uh, specifically for airports. For, I specifically would say. for airports. Yeah. But even still, I mean, even uh, even at uh, shopping malls, it's uh, it's a big issue. Um, you know, just how to handle all those sort of cars that are coming in that are doing drop-offs is having mm. to, you know, uh, I did a, a job in the Middle East recently where um, the number of taxis and Ubers and Lyfts that were coming uh, circulating, Yeah, were actually causing a massive problem with the traffic flow for customers who were trying to get in. Wow. And so they had to, I mean, they had to create a whole new layout to handle these because that's everyone's using the Uber and Lyft. Well, no, what about just eliminating the grace period? Eliminating grace period? Yeah, but I guess a lot of those well, malls have a two-hour free to begin with. So yeah, that that would there would probably be a big kickback. Yeah, um, and, and, <laughs> and 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 what's happening as well is I think that the whole uh, social media side of it as well. Um, you know, people are very quick to say, "Hey, you know, I had a a Bad terrible experience, experience yeah. at this mall. You shouldn't go there. You should go down the road where it's free, and you know." Uh, or, or whatever. People are you really know, sensitive to that. They are. Um, you know, I've I've been at uh, some locations where um, you know there's a, an installation occurring and it's gone from a free to a paid parking, and you know you're you're uh, it's mid install and we're working in the lanes and you know people will stop their cars uh, to hurl abuse. In our direction, <laughs> about you know what is basically going to be two hours free valid you know two hours free yeah, grace plus validation, plus validation. Yeah. and you know they're driving like a convertible Porsche you're like <laughs> come on <laughs> so people are you know depending on the area uh, and the history of part I mean you you saw it yourself with the whole Vegas yeah uh, change that was an there. interesting change you know you, you were at the forefront of of one of the biggest changes in parking in this country in in years so. You know that went from very much a, 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 a not, you know, free parking to to a gated system, and you know look at it now. 
you know yeah, all the all the noises died and then all the right. uh all the other casinos followed all suit. full suit except and for the ones on the fringe now they actually have big signs that say free parking and stuff like that okay <laughs> have you seen have you driven out to vegas recently i haven't been there for a little while so if you drive out there like some of the you know the all the stuff that's not on the strip uh-huh they're st- now they're advertising on their signs free parking okay <laughs> Is it working? I have no idea. I never go there. <laughs> I try to stay away, to be honest. <laughs> I don't want to get myself into trouble. Yeah, well. <laughs> there's a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, so, yeah, no, and uh, actually it reminds me, I mean, um, when we talk about the consulting side, uh, uh, I work closely with um, someone you know well, Jimmy McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, Jimmy, myself, and uh, and Michelle, we, we work closely together. And I think that there is... Well, we talked earlier about you know um, the role of the consultant. Um, I do feel that uh, with specific skill sets and specific experience, working across you know working with the vendors, uh, being you know having you know obviously seeing what's under the hood, shall yeah. we say, uh, which I think is is really important to really you know understand. I think so what, too. What you're I, think installing. A, I think a lot more consultants can actually could see a little bit more of that. That would just I make it would so. just make them better. Yeah. It's easy to sit on this side of the table mm-hmm. and say, where's this, where's this, where's this? But that's not really, that's not my style actually anyway, because I think that's not productive and can often, you often form adversarial roles, you know, uh, situations between the vendor and the and the client. And that, that doesn't lead, to, I think, to ultimately to success. So anyway, I just wanted to do a shout out to Jimmy because uh, he's been, um, he's a great guy and, and he's, uh, uh, it's great to work with him and Michelle. Yeah, he's he's top notch too. It's mm-hmm. good to work with. So, what are you working on new right now? What's uh, what are you excited about that you're getting ready to start working on, or you're getting into at this moment? Well, uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm I'm still doing some work with uh, Westfield. Okay. So we've got an exciting project uh, in California that we're working on. So um, that's that's uh, uh, it takes that's that's spend I spend a lot of time on that. Uh, I'm working with a couple of large U.S. airports. Can you mention uh, them or no? Um, well, the one that I'm doing a lot of work with right now is Dulles International okay. in Washington, D.C. Uh, that's a great, great project. Um, You've been part of that one for such a long time. You know, some of the that's the thing is what I was, <laughs> was going to say is that actually I, I really enjoy I'm working with this project right now with uh, Virginia Railway Express. Okay. It's a small commuter rail agency. Um so it's not the large airports, not the large, you know, giant, you know, high-end shopping malls. It's a small agency. This is, you know, work with a, a small, close team. And actually, that's so much fun. And it's also, you yeah, know, they're willing to try things as well. And also, you know, we're working on uh, even just simple solutions, parking count systems. But integrating that information that they never had before into their new mobile ticketing app that they've got so that people buy their their uh, commuter rail ticket uh, through the mobile app and now they can see parking data and make decisions wow. based on on real-time data to say you know what we, we could influence them and say you know what right now this station is 90 percent full this one four four miles down the road is 50 percent and we're going to throw you a free starbucks if you come park there and so that we're still we're now you know modifying people's uh kind of adding some social media into that too so you can push them around absolutely yeah okay yeah so things like that are like i find that really exciting and and, and very rewarding just because it's um you know small agencies who 
who never had that data before and and now they're really able to to play with it and it's you know and you can see that it means a lot to them so yeah i think some of the most successful um you know parking installations or just, you, know, you know parks or you know parking operations in general when there was someone actually on on the owner side or whether it was the operator side or the owner side but somebody that actually managed that facility who was actually really engaged mm-hmm. like really wanted to utilize the technology really looked at the data yep. it wasn't just a job for him to like yep. keep people from complaining complaining but it was like i'm going to do something yep. with all of this so i can try to make it better and you get somebody like that on the on the owner side yeah it's great things really can happen and now i think we have now more than ever before those sorts of uh solutions that you mm-hmm. can you know you can't like the pre-booking systems i mean my goodness me what you can do with those in terms of different uh parking products for different times of the year and and really sort of start to really change people's behavior in terms of <clears throat> when they leave to go to the airport you know by giving them information about uh, traffic and, and that whole end-to-end solution from from leaving your house to getting on the plane and coming back again you know you can influence that through the parking I think, I think uh, convenience and time-saving stuff is what I usually go for so like Bob Hope's like gotta be my favorite airport on the planet to go to and it's because the valet is the same price as going to the regular side you okay. know parking in the regular day actually it's less than the daily garage it's a little bit more than the long term but uh-huh. The valet is right there. You literally park like right in front of the terminal, walk across the street. You can have your car washed while it's there. That's cool. Great. Yeah, it's, Let's use that sometime. It's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. yeah. That's cool. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, this has been great fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed doing this. I've never done a podcast before. So <laughs> thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being on. Cool. Thanks. One little last plug for your company? <laughs> Um, Aberdeen Management Group. You can uh, go to aberdeen-mg.com. Okay. Thanks, Lester. Thank you. Hey, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you made it through this far, I really appreciate it. Uh, we're very excited to be bringing this to the industry. There's not really anything else like it. Um, once again, this is Lester Mascon. Name of the podcast is Parker X. Please like it. Please share it. That means the world. Please share it and uh, rate it and tell tell us what you think of the show. We're going to try to keep doing a bunch of these, and uh, your comments and feedback is really important. Also, if anyone else would like to be on the show, please drop me a line, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, get something put together. Thanks.